Hey guys, welcome back to another conversation on the When the Cleats Come Off podcast. Yes, I said a conversation. I feel like the best interviews we've ever had on the podcast are just a back and forth, a hangout. And this week, you're going to have that. Now, here's the kicker though. I'm actually not going to be leading the conversation. This is a recorded episode from my good friend Casey Lovell's podcast. Her podcast is called The 951 Podcast, and it's an awesome podcast for any softball players looking to elevate their game. Now, I know, parents, I talked to you more here, and I made sure I talked about you a lot in this episode. So, you know that car ride home conversation? The one where your athlete is dreading sometimes. Never notice that? Yeah, so that conversation with you and your daughter, how can we make it better? How can we make it more of a mutual conversation instead of a one-sided one? So Casey interviewed me on her podcast, and we go deep into this. We talk about the sandwich effect, how every conversation goes better when you start with something great, then get into the meat potatoes, and then end with something great. We also talk about how important it is to let your athlete lead the conversation. Now, you can't just say, hey, Susie, lead the conversation. No, it's not exactly how it works, but we talk about how we can make that happen and how she can actually start making corrections on her own and find the confidence in herself to be able to analyze and talk about her game. It's a win-win for everyone, I promise. Parents, I know you're doing your dang best. I know it for a fact. My dad was too, and so is my mom. But what if there's a way where Casey and I can talk about our perspective from our athlete's perspective and you can learn how some things resonate with us that you didn't mean that to happen. Maybe you said something that you didn't know hurt her feelings because you said it in a certain way. It's totally normal if it's happened, but we're going to talk about how to navigate those conversations. So before we dive too deep into the convo with Casey, I want to tell you a little bit about her. So she's an outfielder that played at Lipscomb University. We both played for a travel team called the Indiana Magic Gold together for a couple seasons, and we both played outfield. So we go way back. When I say way back, like travel ball days. I can't believe I'm saying this, but that's so long ago. So we became friends when we played together, and now we both have our own podcasts pretty fun to think about. The next thing on her resume is she's an assistant coach at Huntington University. She's in her second season there, and she owns her own training facility in Cherubusco, Indiana. It's called On Purpose Softball. She's teaching athletes how to elevate their game and train with purpose on and off the field. Just imagine if we all just had a little more purpose behind us and how much harder we would go at our work and our training if we did that. So without further ado, here is the Car Ride Home Talk with my friend Casey Lovell. Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart, owner of Ashley B Training, former D1 athlete and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well. But now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes. And I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves. And I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying, hey, I'm just gonna dish my athlete off to you. Hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal. That's not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. And I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm gonna have some of the best softball players Some of the best softball players, parents, even my parents and my family are going to be on this podcast sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say so that she can learn from her mistakes sooner, so that she can become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive. And that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep. And I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here. And I can't wait to hear 
who else is going to be along this journey with us learning from some of the best? I'm going to be learning too. So whip out your notebook and let's head to the next episode. Ashley, thank you so much for joining me again on the podcast. Oh, I'm so excited for part two. Part part one was so fun that I was like, okay, when's part two? And it's finally here. So I'm <laughs> so ready to go. When's part two? I was like, I was like Ashley, um, do you want to come on the podcast again? Yeah. Within seconds, I was like, uh, of course. <laughs> yeah. So I was really happy that you said yes and decided to come back on because I'm super excited not only to have you, but to also to promote your upcoming podcast. So before we really get into things, can you talk a little bit about the podcast that you're releasing? Oh, yeah. I can't stop. I can't shut up about it, honestly. People are probably <laughs> like, this girl needs to stop talking about her podcast. But um, so pretty much like two years ago, I figured out what a podcast even was. And then I noticed that like I was starting to become way more productive when I would start my day listening and learning from other people on podcasts. And I'm like, I'm not really a reader either. And I'm like, if I can grow this fast listening to a podcast, I want a podcast. I want to have a podcast that can basically answer questions that people continue to ask me. So basically my podcast is tailored to mostly parents and coaches, but potentially athletes as well that are basically trying to figure out how to reach your goals, how to reach your dreams. And we know that people that influence us the most are mom and dad most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've tailored a podcast basically around, you know, how I was able to become a D1 athlete, become a professional athlete. And I have two younger sisters who are also D1 athletes. So basically a bunch of parents are like, how on earth did you guys get here? How on earth, like, what was your journey like? And so I'm basically tailoring this entire podcast to sharing some stories of our journey. But what I'm excited to do too, similar to you, is interview other athletes and kind of see how they became who they are and what their journey was like. So basically, you know, sharing stories about, you know, interaction between parents and athletes. And, you know, because the most important person in the conversation is truly the athlete, the one who's looking to level up her game, become the best version of her. And if I can help parents and coaches kind of lead them along the journey and help them rather than maybe do some things that they regrettably do um, along their journey um, and kind of just share maybe the things that went well for us and the things that didn't go well for us so they can, (laughs) you know, learn from our mistakes, but kind of just share the journey and kind of answer the question of like, how did you get to, you know, live out your dream? And so kind of tailoring a podcast around how that happened can hopefully help a lot of people. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love the passion you have for that. And if you tuned in on season one, you know a little bit about Ashley, but for those of you who don't know Ashley, Ashley, can you just start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I'll try not to repeat anything I said, but you know, I call myself Dory. I forget what I say sometimes. So (laughs) I'll kind of just start from the beginning. I'm a girl from the Midwest. I grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana, not a huge softball city at all, but grew up playing tons and tons of sports. My parents had me play absolutely everything to try to figure out what it was that I loved the most. Eventually came to softball and my parents did anything and everything for me to succeed. And so I traveled long distances for hitting lessons. I made sure I played on the best travel team so I could reach the goal of becoming a D1 athlete. And I was lucky enough to play at Purdue University. You know, I say it's some of the best years of my life. I graduated in 2015. After that, I spent a couple of years coaching at the collegiate level. And throughout that process, I realized that my favorite part of coaching was actually like when we had camps and young athletes were coming over and they basically wanted to be in the shoes of the athletes on our team. And I was like, you know what? It, it would be so rad if I can like tailor a business around, you know, helping young athletes find out how to get to their dream, their dream and make their, their goals a reality. So that's, you know, where I found my light. I was like, okay, I just want to help youth athletes find who they are. And they, and they do that through the game of softball. So after coaching for two years in college, I decided it was time for me to you know, launch my own business, do my own thing, f- 
figure out how I can reach as many athletes as possible to help them become the best versions of themselves. So through that, I was doing lessons. I launched online training a year before COVID was even a thing. So that was kind of uh, interesting. You know, when COVID started, I'm like, oh, well, I already know how to do this. So that was kind of yeah. nice. Um, so I've, I'm developing courses now for hitting, for defense, for basically any aspect of the game. But I've found that, you know, at Purdue University, I took a sports psychology class and I've never loved a class more in my entire life. So, and when I was taking the class, I ironically hit about 400 my senior year and started taking the mental game like so seriously. And then realizing that almost my entire career, I was doing it wrong mentally. And so now a ton of my training is tailored towards, you know, believing in the swing that we're creating and, you know, developing confidence and trying to to get it out when maybe we're at a time where we don't think we can do something. So a lot of my training is tailored to the physical side, but a lot of it's tailored to the mental side. So that's something that I'm kind of transitioning into. It's also the reason why I'm starting a podcast so I can help parents and athletes figure out that mental muscle and the importance of it so that they can become the best version of themselves. So that's where I'm sitting now and I'm loving every minute. Yeah, absolutely. Love what you're doing how you're impacting athletes. And again, just the passion behind what you're doing, because you can tell when people have a passion and heart for things because it comes out in their business and what they're providing for people, what you're providing for athletes, parents and coaches and all that. So listeners, again, like I did last time, I'm going to put the link to her website and her social media accounts in the about section for this episode. So you can have an easy link that you can go click and check out Ashley and all the things that she offers. Cause Again, I really love what you're doing, really believe in what you're doing and would love listeners to just go support that and get invested in any way they can. Thanks. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm really excited for this topic today. And again, when I reached out to you, I was like, oh, this would be such a great topic. And, and we kind of talked about it when we had did the live on Instagram and we kind of hit on that a little bit. And I was like, oh, that would be really great to talk about. So we're really going to hit on the topic today of that car ride home talk. The, you know, you're done with the game, you get in the car, you're going home and it's you and your parents and, you know, maybe there's someone else in there, but really just that time that I I like to put it in quotes, the car ride home talk, because some people hear that and are like, oh no. (laughs) Yeah, that was me. Yeah, absolutely. But, and I think it's such an important thing to talk about for parents and for athletes alike. And so let's talk about kind of what we mean by the car ride home talk and maybe maybe in our culture today, what that looks like. Yeah. So like you said before, a lot of people, they sit in their car and they're like anxious for that conversation, especially if they know they didn't play well. I admittedly have even like told my father this. I was like, dad, Whenever you asked me to go in your car, but I knew mom drove separate, I always wanted to go in mom's car. That was always my first, (laughs) I wanted to go in mom's car because I knew I wasn't going to get yelled at. I knew she was going to support, like not just support me, but just say, you know, you played great. Because sometimes as an athlete, that's all you want to hear. You you just want to hear something that like makes you smile or makes you think about something other than the game you just played. And so, you know, especially those games where, you know, I know I played bad, like, ball went through my legs on defense or I struck out twice or, you know, I made some sort of mental or physical mistake. I knew I was going to hear about it. And I knew I was going to hear about it as soon as the game was over. And, um, I've told my dad this before. I'm like, I've, I've talked to so many professionals about this and I didn't want to be like, dad, you're wrong. Like dad, you're wrong for doing that. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I've researched it and I've studied it. And I've even talked to great coaches like Matt Lyle about this. And he said that instead of bringing that thing up right away, you need a period of silence. You need a period of reflection before going over it. You need to be in a better place, basically, to listen and to hear about you know how you can do things better. Because in the moment, it's like you got a punch to the gut and you haven't recovered yet. So mm-hmm. it's so important to be able to give yourself a recovery period. And like, whether that's two hours, like let's say you play a game 
and it's nighttime and you have to go grab some dinner, don't talk about that thing until after you've eaten, after everybody's had time to simmer down and, and honestly think about how to say things. That's so much better than you know going at it as soon as the game's over before you've had time to process it. It's so much better to be able to just wait because, you know, that wasn't something that I grew up doing. And, you know, I've realized and I've learned that, you know, eventually when I have kids and I have, you know, they're playing games and things like that. Yeah, I mean, you have one on the way, so you're a lot closer than me. But <laughs> I think how I would want to do things different is, you know, have the conversation, talk about the error, talk about how you can do it better, learn from it. But give yourself some time to simmer, whether that's two hours or 24 hours or whatever it is, stick to that routine and that plan so that that child doesn't have to live in fear and live in anxiety and and be nervous for that conversation because I was that kid. I was the kid that was scared to get in the car with dad because I knew knew what I did wrong and I knew I wasn't happy and I knew I was going to hear about it right away, even though I already felt bad. You know, so trying to get to a state where you're not feeling the way you did as soon as the game's over, wildly important. Yeah. And I really think this, this conversation we're going to have as we keep digging into this, I think it is so, so important. And I think it's, it's important for athletes to hear, but especially for parents to hear, I think so much so for parents, because like you said, as a parent, I think a lot of times Parents have these great intentions for their kids. They think they're helping them. They think they're doing the best they can. And, you know, in a lot of senses they are, but there's also a lot that parents can do in this scenario that they have the best intentions and it ends up really hurting their kid emotionally, mentally, all those ways can really put a hurt on their kid without them even knowing it or thinking it, or they think, oh, you know, well, that's what's best for them when that may not be what is best for your child. Right. And so I I really wanted just to start to dig into this. So kind of start from the parent's perspective. I want you to talk about like as parents, what can parents do to really prepare themselves for that car ride talk home? What's some things that parents can almost, I guess you would say, learn about how they should handle themselves in that situation and how they can prepare themselves for that. Yeah. So like you said before, parents are literally doing the best that they can. I will tell you right Mm -hmm. now, I was the firstborn. So I'm sure my car ride home for conversations were much different than my two younger sisters. And, and honestly, it's, I was the guinea pig sometimes. And I know that my dad was doing the best that he knew was possible. And maybe he was doing something that when he was an athlete, that's what he got. And that's, you know, Mm -hmm. how he was going to do things. Um, So, so for those parents who maybe are listening right now and are like, oh my gosh, that's me. um, Welcome to the club. Like you are not alone. (laughs) There are probably more of you out there than you even realize, but, you know, figuring this out and being able to do that research and finding that, you know, it's actually detrimental to, you know, have a, have your child feel bad and then feel worse in the moment. It's very, it takes a lot out of the kid. And you know, I'm, I was that kid. So that's why I'm, I'm sitting here saying this. But I think that one really good thing that parents can do is when is ask, honestly, ask, are you ready to talk about it? Because if the athlete themselves is like, yeah, I'm ready to talk about it. I want to get it over with. Then there you go. You have the keys to the kingdom. You can talk about it right now if you wanted. But if an, if your athlete's quiet and she and she just looks sad and upset, I would recommend do something that's going to make her smile before even mentioning it. Like either that's a conversation or that's like, hey, let's go grab some ice cream. Like, let's get over it. Let's go grab some ice cream. Then we can chat about it. She's going to be in a much better place having holding an ice cream cone in her hand talking about those things, then after the game, she hasn't eaten, she's hungry, she's upset, um, a coach already yelled at her, things like that. So kind of read the room. I I guess I'm going like, I'm saying a million things, but definitely read the room. Ask her if she wants to talk about it or he or she. And, you know, if they don't want to talk about it, be like, okay, let's talk about it in a couple hours or let's talk about it tomorrow morning over breakfast. And then that gives her time to know what she wants to say, to kind of analyze her game herself. 
And then it also gives you time to be like, okay, this is how I want to do this conversation. And I truly believe the best conversations are the ones where there's preparation behind it. The ones where it's not like you have to take notes or anything, but just have an idea of how you want to approach it. And honestly, what I've learned through coaching, you always want to start a conversation with something good. Mm-hmm. And when you know something bad happens, something maybe huge happens, like you were the last out of the whole game and your team lost and you were the last out, it's hard to find the good. Yeah. And and I truly believe that if you start a conversation with the athlete with, hey, you did this so well today, she's mm-hmm. automatically gonna sit taller, her ears and her eyes are gonna perk up, and then she's gonna feel like you know what? I did do something good today. Then you can go into, and here are some mistakes and here's how we're going to game plan to make sure those mistakes don't happen anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it's called like the sandwich effect. Like you want to start with something good. You want to get down to the nitty gritty and then you want to end with something good as well. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, the worst just happened. We're going to make sure we prep this week to make sure it doesn't happen again next week. And then you're and then you're already sitting in a better posture because you've you've taken that approach. And I truly believe um, that could be really, really beneficial. And like I said before, too, let her lead the conversation maybe to start too. Cause then she can actually diagnose her own game. And that's like the whole goal. Like when, when I coach my yeah. own athletes, I'm like, my goal isn't to repeat the same thing over and over to you. My goal is yeah. to be able to teach you something and you start taking initiative into your own game. So if she can get to a place where she's open and honest and will come to you and say, hey, dad, can we talk about this? That's like money. That's something where, you know, I eventually got there, but that wasn't until I was in college. So if athletes can be trained and prepared to do that at a younger age, the world is their oyster. I truly believe that. Yeah. And what you hit on there at the end, if they can come and ask you, if they can come and be willing to want to learn and to grow. That's a lot of things I try to instill in my students because I'll constantly ask them things like, hey, are you feeling this? Or what did you do there? Whatever, to get them to think through it. Because I said, if you can feel things and self-correct, if you can think through, okay, maybe this is what I did wrong in that scenario. I was like, half the time I said, you're not even going to need me. You know, you won't even need me. You'll be able to think through things yourself and better help yourself. And then you can always have someone to, you know, you can always have me to come to, to talk to, but if you can on your own, almost self-diagnose, start to think through things to be able to grow and to learn, that's so beneficial. And I like what you said there. So one of the first things that you mentioned, you said as a parent, parents just ask your athlete, Hey, are you ready to talk about this right now? Or do you want to talk about this right now? And it seems so simple, but that question could make a huge difference between you guys getting in an all-out fight and maybe actually having a productive conversation. And when you said that, I also thought about, I think sometimes when parents don't do that, now this may sound harsh, but I think when parents don't do that, I've thought about this before because you know I've even made mistakes with the students I've had, the players I've had. It's like, okay, is your kid and what they're feeling and the things that they're going through, their emotions, are those more important or is what you have to say in your opinion more important? Because a lot of times we as human beings can either be prideful or whatever it is and we just, someone has to hear what our opinion is and what we have to say on the topic. I think a lot of times parents can fall into that trap with their athletes of, I just want to let you know what I think. I'm going to put my two cents out there without really considering how your kid is feeling in the moment, because I can guarantee you they're probably feeling worse than you because they're the one who is actually in the midst of it all. Yeah. I think that parents being able to listen before saying their two cents would be so important. I learned so much from my athletes when I asked them like, Hey, what did you feel here? Because Mm -hmm. honestly, there's a way that I want them to feel and if they're not feeling that at all, let's say in their swing, then I need to, I know I need to do a better job of explaining it and having her doing it. So my athletes teach me how to be a better coach. Absolutely. And so if parents take that as like, your athlete is there to teach you how to be a better parent, like 
you're going to screw up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. But as long as you're using it as educational, like I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen again. That's where I think we all can win. And I think that's so important. And so something you actually said too, is I want to give another tip. Do I have time for another tip? Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The power. And I, I've talked about journaling before and honestly, I will never shut up about it, but (laughs) You know, if let's say your daughter had like the worst game she's ever played or feels like it was the worst game she's ever played, have her whip out a journal, blank note, notepad, no phone around, no TV, no siblings, no anyone, maybe have her go in her closet, have her just take a journal and literally write down everything that went into that game and how things happened. Like whatever she remembers, do a brain dump, put it all down on paper And the power of that is being able to analyze the game and maybe try to figure out where did it start going wrong? What was the, what was the thing that maybe she did, um, that, that made five errors happen in a row. Okay. That's very extreme. I hope that never happens to anyone, (laughs) but a lot of times you can pinpoint where the problem was when you write down from point A to Z, what happened in between there. And she can, like like we were talking about, self-diagnose herself yeah. and then have her bring that journal to the conversation and be like, hey, what'd you write down? And then you can look at it, she can look at it, and then you can like work through your problems together. And, and honestly, I know when I journal, I figure out my problems on my own a lot when I do that. And so there's a lot of power in being able to put your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, all the things down on paper so that one, you can realize I never want to feel this way again. And two, be like, oh, I think this is where the issue was. And I think we can solve that problem this week and we can work to make sure that doesn't happen. So if you can do that together, she's going to grow so much faster. Yeah. I think that is a really, really good idea of having the athlete maybe process their own thoughts and emotions in that way to just get it down. And I've talked before about, you know, kind of calling things out, calling your feelings out. Okay. How either my feeling in the moment or did I feel during that? And you know, what physically did I do or mentally and being able to work through that. So they're able to grow and learn themselves and develop themselves, but then also being able to then take that to a parent or even a coach and say, Hey, this is what I've been thinking. This is what kind of I figured out. And talking with them through that because then I think the player, it also gives them a sense of accountability and pride in the fact that, Hey, I'm actually putting the effort into really working through this. And, you know, I'm not just sitting there having someone talk at me and with parents. Cause when you said in the beginning, you know, you could have a parent sitting there being like, Oh, that's me or whatever. I was chuckling at that. And I think as a parent, If you have realized that maybe these car ride home talks have not been going well, like there's tension, whatever it is, have have things been going well, have what I've been saying or doing been working? And if not, then look for a way to change things, switch it up. And a lot of the things you've been saying have been really good. But I think as a parent, a lot of times you have to have the humility to step back and say, okay, something I'm doing isn't working. So we've really got to switch it up. And I think that one way, when you talked before, when you said, you know, asking your kids, are you ready to talk about it? Especially if things haven't gone well in the past, sit down when you're with your athlete at a time, you know, during the week when they're not playing, they're not doing anything. And there's, you know, no high emotions, sit down with them and say, okay, let's talk about this conversation. Give kind of like, as a parent, you can ask your athlete, okay, give me some boundaries. Like, do you want it to be hey, we're not even going to talk about it till the next day, or I'd like to just get it out of the way or give me a few hours and I'll let you know when kind of I've decompressed, like almost taking the time before you even get into the situation to ask your athlete, what's going on? Like, what would you prefer? Would you prefer anything? Would you prefer us to do it at this time? I think that would be a good way because then neither of you are as emotional So I think taking the question you said before about, are you ready to talk about it? And maybe even doing that further ahead of time, I think is also something that could be great. But again, I would second the journaling thing. I think that is a great idea. I think journaling is always a great idea. And especially as an athlete, if you can be able to share that with your parent and start to think through things, I think that is really, really awesome. 
Yeah, I think that's a game changer. And so, and I love what you said about boundaries too. Like if you find that the secret sauce, which by the way, it's going to take some trial and error to find out, you know, how your daughter ticks and and what's going to be the best conversation. But I've guarantee, I guarantee you, you've already had great conversations with your athlete. So being able to dissect, you know, when was that? Was that two hours after the game? Was that the next morning? Was that whenever? Like just Think about when the best conversations were, and maybe that's going to be your secret sauce. But again, it's going to take some trial and error. Some people are different. Some people want to talk about it right away. Some people are like, I need 24 hours. But I do recommend that this conversation, let's say about a poor performance, it does happen, I would say within 48 hours. Because I mean, if you're anything like me, I forget about things so fast Mm -hmm. to where like, I don't remember the counts. I don't remember you know, specifics. And you do want to know those things because the more specific you are, the the easier it's going to be to analyze it. But, you know, find the secret sauce, have the boundaries and honestly stick to them. If you find that, you know, two hours after the game is the secret sauce, then you better commit to every, every time you play, unless it's like a game where it ends at midnight or something like go like two hours after the game is the perfect time to talk. And you know, that could be even about the good too. I mean, it's like you said, you don't want to have a conversation with, with super high emotions because you're not actually, you know, there's no real thought behind it. It's just, you're reacting, but you know, two hours, maybe the secret sauce, four hours, maybe it's, it's going to vary, I think for everyone, but that's the fun part. It's like trying to figure out when that is. Yeah. And I really want to highlight something that you said there about, you know, you can talk about the good too. And I am very much a believer just, you know, the way I grew up, I had some similar situations that you did with my dad. My dad was actually, um, he mellowed out. Now I was the last, I'm the youngest, so I'm the opposite of yours. So my oldest sister probably got, like you said, some different conversations because my dad kind of mellowed out in that aspect. But I, like we said, setting those boundaries, he never really asked me like, hey, when's the best time to talk about it? Because even if he asked me in the nicest way possible, but it wasn't a time where I wanted to talk about it. I would absolutely just still get irritated and be like, I don't want to talk about it, blah, blah, blah. Even if he has me in the nicest way possible. But Mm -hmm. I, I think it's so important for parents to also talk to their athletes about what they did well, or to even just, it might not even be like talking through what you did well, but just encouraging your athletes. Like you said before, starting with something good saying, hey, you did this really well. Maybe it's just complimenting them after the game and waiting to have the conversation, but letting them know what they did well, because as athletes, we have such short memories on what we do well and such, I guess you would say, long memories on what we don't do well. Yeah. And I think encouraging athletes is so, so important because I don't think it gets done enough. And, And you obviously still need to have the conversations. You need to challenge your athlete. You need to push them to be the best they can be but they need encouragement. Yeah. And they're going to be more responsive when you, if you start with encouragement, like, Hey, I know you like popped up to right field, but you swung hard at that pitch. Like just even things like that, just it reminds her. And whenever you encourage anyone, even when you get encouragement, it reminds you to like, keep doing what you're doing too. Like keep doing the good because we're going to think that everything's bad. If the only thing we're hearing are bad things. Yeah, And, and I, I see that a lot with athletes. It's like, they never see the good because they're never told when they're doing good. And so you're so right. Encouragement is the most important thing of all of this. Like this entire conversation, it's like the car ride home conversations probably are awful because there's no encouragement in them. So I'm so, so glad you mentioned that. That's so absolutely true. And I hope people either can just Think about, you know, am I as encouraging as I should be? And like I said, not nobody's living life perfectly. That's the whole point of this podcast. It's like trying new things. But I think that the best conversations are going to come out of when you're encouraging. Also, you know, giving a little bit of educational criticism, right? Yeah. Because it's helpful. But encouragement, I think it's the best way to start a conversation because she's already going to like start smiling and be in a good place before that. And then, Yeah. yeah. And all will be good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, again, I absolutely agree. And I, I think I would just really caution parents because I've seen players who it has just taken such a, a toll on even how they view themselves. And so, like I said, there needs to be both because we also can't just be like, 
oh, you did great. And, you know, almost false security in the fact that we're never challenging them. We're never pushing them to think through things, to learn and to grow. But when all kids are hearing is, you know, the negativity of we're only going to talk about this when you did bad. I'm going to be angry when you did bad, blah, blah, whatever. Kids are going to start to see that and almost measure their worth by if they do good or they do bad. And they're going to think that the only way they can get love and affirmation is through a good performance. And I don't think parents think that deeply about it, but I know from personal experience and then just from working with some athletes, it's that if you almost now, and I don't think any parent would say like, I obviously don't love my child any less because of how they perform, but there's a lot of athletes that may perceive it that way because the only time they seem to get affirmation is when they do well. Yep. And I think so. I that's that's another way. I think you know, if if you really kind of want to dig into the deeper aspects of it, I think that's definitely one reason too. Just parents, you know, being careful with your athletes in that way, making sure even though you're sitting there thinking well, that's ridiculous, they know I love them and they know all these things, but sometimes as an athlete, especially when you're emotional, you're sitting there thinking, well, they only show me positivity or affirmation or all these things when I do perform well. Hey y'all, swooping in here real quick to tell you something I am super passionate about. It's an Always Grind hitters notebook. So Always Grind 365 is a company that I've partnered with. And because of the partnership, any of their products, you can use my code AshleyB at checkout to get 10% off. But I wanna tell you about this hitters notebook that I have. So I've given this out to every single in-person lesson that I've worked with and every single member of my Smash Tribe. Also, if you want to join Smash Tribe or see what that's all about, head to www.ashleybtraining.com. But if not, and you just want your hands on this epic notebook, I want to tell you why it's going to change the game for your athlete. So at the very top, you write the date. And I think that's one of the most important things that an athlete can write down, especially if she's journaling about her experiences as a hitter, because she'll be able to see her notes from a year from now and say, wow, I've made tremendous progress. And from the beginning of this notebook to the end, your athlete's gonna be able to be like, whoa, look at all this stuff we worked on. Look at all this stuff I've learned. Look how much better I've gotten. And that's the whole goal and purpose of tracking your progress. So this notebook does a great job of that. And it starts with the date at the very top. Then it goes into your focus of the day, which I believe is so important as a hitter, because if you're just going into KGMPP sessions, just hitting, there's no intention behind it. There's no focus. So if you need to get better at the inside pitch, that's going to be your focus of the day. And then from there, you write down drills, any video analysis that you've done. And my personal favorite is on the backside, you're writing down what you did well that day, what you need to improve and any notes from the day. So light bulb moments that went on, any great uh, tips that you've gotten from your hitting coach or wherever you were, that's the section where you do that. So this notebook can be found at www.alwaysgrind.com. And if you want 10% off this notebook, write Ashley B at checkout and you'll be able to get 10% off and your athlete's going to be able to take more ownership of her game. So get your hands on this. She is going to be able to see and track her progress when you use it. It is going to help your athlete become the very best hitter she possibly can. So lastly, alwaysgrind365.com is where you'll go to see that. I'll make sure it's in the show notes and use my code AshleyB for a 10% discount. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. We've talked a lot on the parent side of things, and now let's kind of switch it over to athletes um, because (laughs) I chuckled too. Like I said, there were times when my dad would ask me something in the nicest way, like, hey, do you want to talk about this? And I would just, you know, classic, like, you know, emotional Casey sometimes would be like, oh, why would you even ask me that? Blah, 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 you know, go off. So it's like, there's also also accountability and responsibility on the side of the athlete, especially as you get older. So can you talk a little bit about athletes now, maybe how athletes can prepare themselves for these talks or ways that they can prepare to make these talks actually positive and growth-filled learning talks? Yeah, I think there's so many ways we can go about this as athletes. And, you know, when I was sitting there, you know, listening to all the things dad had to say after a performance, I 
you know, haven't really processed anything yet. I haven't really, mm-hmm. you know, I know what I did wrong, but I don't know why I did it wrong. And yeah. honestly, I think the best thing we can do as athletes is figure out why. Like, and like I said before, journaling should probably be the first thing that you do. So let's say you have a bad performance. If you, you know, if dad or mom wants to talk about it as soon as you get in the car, but you haven't quite processed what the heck just happened, ask them in a nice way, hey, can I journal before we talk about this? Can I get my feelings out on on paper before we talk about this? Because I think as doing that's going to put you in a better headspace because you actually will be able to dissect and learn from the game and, you know, realize, Hey, like our team committed six errors in a row and it all started right after the first, because we didn't do the right thing. We didn't, um, you know, let go of the past. And and maybe that was you, maybe you were the one who had the error and, and you can write this down and be like, it's because I, I held on to that error the rest of the game. And that's why I failed over and over and over and why I kept failing because I was living in the past rather than being in the present. So these are thoughts and emotions and feelings that you can have in doing a journal entry like that. And honestly, I've written journal entries and this is way later in my career. Like I said, I did not take journaling seriously until I was much older, but I have pages upon pages for one game written down in journaling in my journal before. Mm-hmm. And it's because I've taken it from the first inning to the last and just dissected everything. Like, hey, when my coach said this, I performed poorly. When my coach said this, I performed well. Like just being able to write these things down allows you to look at it and be like, okay, I want to keep doing this stuff, but I want to make sure I don't do this stuff. And you actually have all of the things that you need to have a conversation with mom and dad because mom and dad want to help you. That's, you are, you are their world. They want to do everything possible for you to succeed. And if you can start taking initiative and say, and even if they want to talk about right away, say, you know what, can I journal about it first and be very, very honest about it and say, you know what, I don't want to talk about this right now. I want to talk about it with myself, reflect, and then get back to you. I don't think your parents are going to say no to that if that's, if that's what you approach them with. So yeah, I think that might be one of the best ways to do it so you can process it. And, and honestly, when you have no words to say, wait, all your words are down on paper. So you can just read from what you wrote. Um, because I think a lot of times athletes are scared to say things because they don't know how their parents are going to react. But when they're your own thoughts and feelings and you're honest about it, most parents are going to want to hear that because that might be a side of you that they've never seen before. And like I said, they want to help you become the best version of you. And that's only going to happen through you. They're doing the best that they can for you, but you're the one that's going to get out of the rut. You're the one that's going to get out of, let's say, this 10-game streak where you haven't gotten a hit. They're, They're doing their best to try to get you out of it, but you're going to be the one to get you out of it. And journaling is one of the best ways that you can go about that. Yeah. And I love that because obviously we talked about on the parent side, parents just need to take accountability with how they're talking to their kid and maybe how they're preparing for that. But athletes, so do you, you also have a similar responsibility to, and now I know you're not the parent, but you have a responsibility to realize that yes, your parents do have your best interests in mind. They do love you. Even if you're sitting there saying, Oh, I don't think that's how they should go about it. And so that's why I like what you said there about, kind of figuring out the why behind the what of maybe what you physically or mentally did wrong during a game and asking your parents if they do come into the car and they're wanting to talk about it right away, you know, respectfully just saying, Hey, can we, can you give me a second to, like you said, journal about this or think about this pretty much? Can you give me a second to process this before we dig in? Or like, like we're talking before, take a second to decompress and being able to speak up and ask your parent that and say that, well, first off, your parents probably going to be like, oh, okay. Cause maybe they've always just thought, oh, this is like the tough love and this is what's best for them. But if you actually speak up and say, Hey, you know, and do it, you know, <laughs> like we've talked about not in a super emotional way. And I know that's hard, but doing it in a way that shows your parents, like, no, I actually do want to grow and get better, but can you give me a second? You know, can yeah. you give me a second to think through this? Yeah. And I think honestly, the most important thing 
to maybe think about or analyze post game is first and foremost, did I give every ounce that I had into this game? Did I do everything possible to try to win this game, win or lose? Because if you're completely honest with yourself there, Mm -hmm. then it's like anything that you're going to, you know, talk about with mom and dad, it's the, it's just to help you. It's just to help you figure out, okay, you did everything that you could, but what is it that I can level up with? And maybe it's just one thing a week. Don't make it like 40 million things a week. Then you're never going to actually get better at anything, right? Like Mm -hmm. you need to put your focus on one thing. But the most important question post game is, did I give everything that I had? And Mm -hmm. if you start the conversation with mom and dad and say, I gave, I did everything that I thought I needed to do. And I did everything and I did everything for my team. And, and you're saying the right things and you know you did the right things, then it's a lot, it's a lot easier to be able to go about it and say, okay, I did everything that I could, but clearly a loss. Like this, this isn't good enough, right? I need to figure out how I can make my next performance better. And being able to know and talk about with mom and dad or even yourself in your journal what it is that one thing that I can level up this week to make sure that I can again, go all out in my next tournament and hopefully win. Then the conversations with mom and dad can be like, Hey dad, can we hit in the backyard and work on that one thing that I like that inside pitch that I struggled with last weekend, taking initiative there. All parents want to hear is, Hey, can we go work out? Your parents don't want to say, Hey, let's go Susie. We need to go practice. You didn't show (laughs) up this weekend. You didn't hit the inside pitch well this weekend. Does anybody like hearing that? No. But if you can own up to it and honor the fact that, okay, the inside pitch, I'm struggling and know that you now have the keys of the kingdom that week. Your focus is going to be hitting the inside pitch well. And who's going to help you get there? Mom and dad. So those are some of the best ways to go about those type of conversations as an athlete, I think. Yeah. And I like that because asking yourself, did I give a hundred percent effort? Because honestly, in my mind, Effort is the hardest thing to give, especially in the game of softball. It's a long game. You have to focus for quite a while, be really engaged. It's like effort's the hard part. And if you're giving 100% effort, then the other stuff that you're right, then you can just focus on what do I need to work on because you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to have a perfect sports career, especially in the game of softball. You know, you it's a game of failure. And so being able, if you've got that effort and you can genuinely say, Hey, I gave all my effort now kind of let's look at maybe where I fell short or something that maybe is a weakness here that I could improve for next time. So yeah, I I agree with that. I think that's a really important question that athletes can ask themselves. And so kind of transitioning over and, and bringing faith into this a little bit, because I think faith plays a really important part in how we handle ourselves and how we react as athletes and as parents. So can you talk just briefly on how can faith play a part in how parents and athletes react in these car ride home talk situations? Yeah, I think, oh, oh, this is so good because honestly, I don't think I took my faith seriously enough when these things were happening. And so, you know, I'm thinking about if I'm one, when I'm a parent one day and I have a young athlete and when I know there's a tough conversation that needs to be said, but I'm not quite sure how to go about it. The best thing I think I could do is just say, Hey God, what should we talk about? How should I go about this? And honestly, just praying and knowing, like, let's say I've done my preparation for that talk and then just saying, God, help me to have this conversation the way that you want to have it. And, you know, it's, it's probably the most peaceful feeling knowing that you're going to do your best. And like we said before, you're not always going to be perfect, but if you say, Hey God, help me have this conversation, help me help them as best as I can, then, then you really can't go wrong. Like, yes, you may, it may not be perfect, but if you go about it that way and then maybe something didn't go well and you're like, what did that teach me? How can we not have a good conversation in that way? Like, how can we not get something good out of it? And I guess from an athlete's perspective too, if let's say you do, you know, the journaling and you prepare for that conversation with mom and dad, you can also do that same conversation with God and be like, hey, God, help me explain this the way that it needs to be explained. Because I can tell you whenever I had some conversations with dad, 
I was so nervous to say mm-hmm. anything because I was like, yeah. what is he going to pick out of this? What, it, like, how is he going to turn this into a different direction? And I'm not maybe able to get all the words that I wanted to have out. Maybe I just pray to God before that conversation. And I say, Hey God, help me get everything that's on my heart out and help me help lead me and guide me to have a great conversation because I know that's necessary for me to succeed. I think just sending up that prayer before you do it. And then afterwards, let's say you have a great conversation and you're just like, God, thank you. Thank you for that. Like I needed that and I got better because of that. And just thanking him afterwards, I think is super important too. No, I would fully agree to that. I think one of the best things you do is to pray because a lot of times when we put ourselves in that posture of openness to hear what God has to say to us, it helps us to one, not be as emotional and Two, it does, it gives us that perspective of also that the game is bigger than, you know, God is bigger than this game. There's more to life than this game. It gives us that perspective too. And I think for me, a lot of times when I've been in situations, maybe I where I've been a little bit more emotional or nervous or whatever it is, being able to pray can give you that calm, can give you that peace. And you're praying, you know, like you said, as a parent or as an athlete, praying for that, you know, that wisdom and discernment, maybe even saying, okay, Lord, give me the wisdom, open my ears to even hear the tone of voice I'm using when I talk or the specific words I'm saying. And I chuckled because I remember specifically, I've been my freshman year of high school playing travel ball. We were in Colorado and I had a terrible day. I mean, I just, I played awful. And we got back to the hotel room and I'm in the hotel room crying like, oh, you know, I'm the worst softball player in the world. And my dad came up to me and and I feel like I always say a lot of stuff that my dad said to me because he either was coaching me or he was the one who who taught me. And so he was usually the one talking to me about things. But he came up to me and he just said, he said, Casey, when you wake up tomorrow morning, is God still going to be God? Is he still going to be in heaven up on the throne? Like, is that still going to be the same when you wake up tomorrow morning? And, you know, I looked at him and I was like, well, yeah, you know, God's still going to be God. He's still going to be in charge. He's still going to be on the throne. And he's like, okay, then, you know, why are you pretty much letting this burden you so much? He's like, when you wake up tomorrow morning, God is still God and he still got you. So pretty much why are you destroying yourself right now? with, because a lot of it was a lot of, you know, negative thoughts, self-deprecating thoughts and talk. And I just kind of, I remember hearing that being like, okay, like at the end of the day, God is still God and softball is just a game that, you know what, I, I say it's just a game and it is. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't, you should work hard. You should work hard at something. If you love it and you really want to be successful, you've got to work hard. And that's also what God calls us to and expects of us, but also realizing that that game isn't doesn't define who we are as a person. So I just remember that moment and I was like, okay, because it kind of brought me back to center of this isn't the end of the world, Casey. <laughs> like you playing bad isn't the end of the world. And sometimes that is just what your kid needs. They need a note of encouragement or you going like, hey, I know this sucks, but it's not the end of the world. You know, you can get better, you can improve, and you can also focus on the things you did well too. So Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Oh, Wayne, Wayne is the com. I know we didn't share it on this episode, but we did on the last, but Wayne also, like he coached me and, oh man, I wish I would have had that, those type of conversations with your dad. He was, he's so great. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I love it's him. funny because my mom would probably say my mom had to be like the mediator between my, me and my dad a lot because we would both be very passionate people And I will say there was a lot of times he wasn't perfect. There was times where he shouldn't have like brought up things or talked about things, but for the most part, he did a pretty good job at discerning and trying to not (laughs) make me mad. Sometimes that was a task in and of itself. I will say he did a pretty good job, even though I felt like half the time I was just butting heads with him, probably partly just because he was my dad, but yeah. I, again, I want, I want to second what you said there too. Just, you know, as parents and athletes, just pray about it. That's one of the best things you can do. Ask God for that wisdom and discernment in those situations, I think is so, so important. Yeah. And just learning that like everything that happens, it's supposed, it's God teaching us. Like 
the the awful, let's say you have a terrible weekend, God's teaching you something. And if you can look at every opportunity or every, let's say, failure or even success as God teaching you something, just reminding yourself that is huge. Because if you start looking at it from that light, you'll start honoring the failures. You're, you'll start honoring the fact that, you know, you were supposed to win that tournament or you're supposed to come in dead, la- dead last because God's teaching you something. And being able to say, God, what did this moment teach me? I think doing that as often as possible, it's just, it's just going to help. Yeah, I love that. I love what you said there. You'll start to kind of honor the failures. You'll start to appreciate things and see things as moments for growth and learning in the failures and also in when you are achieving that success. And so I really love that. And everything you said today has been so good. I've been taking so many notes here on the side. And so as we really just end this off, can you just say, again, the question I ask at the end of every podcast What is one way athletes can, like one thing they can take away from this that will help them to be that 951 athlete? Athletes, remember everything your parents are doing is for you and they're doing their dang best. They are doing their best. And so just understand, and I didn't understand this until I was much older, but they are not doing anything to hurt you. Even though sometimes it may feel like dad's out to get you or mom's out to get you with their words. They're they're only saying it because they love you so much and they know that you're mm-hmm. capable of greatness. And so if you can just be honest with mom and dad and say, hey, I really loved this conversation and I love talking about this, but I'm just, I wasn't ready to have that really tough conversation yet. And just being honest with them and and having them know your feelings, I think will really, really help that relationship. And those car ride home conversations go so much smoother and better. And just really allow time to process. If that just means you sit in silence on the car ride home so you can just think and you can analyze, that's that's going to go a longer way than talking hot-headed, you know, parents and athletes alike. So if you allow your time, yourself to just reflect and think a little bit before we start saying things, your conversations are going to go so much better. So that would be my two cents from today. Oh, absolutely. Athletes really take that in because your parents, like we said, they do have your best intention in mind. They love you or they wouldn't be taking the time to do everything for you. Like I look back now and the amount of things that my parents did for me, if we're talking like specifically through sports, you know, the amount of money and time and effort they put into helping me to achieve my goals and dreams and just helping me to be a better athlete, but a better person. It's like realizing how much your parents do for you. And even if, like you said, maybe, you know, they're doing something that, that might not be the best for you or maybe all oh, that hurt or whatever else it is, know that their intentions are good And you can have that conversation with them. If you're listening to this podcast, you're like, okay, I think I need to have a conversation with my parents about that. Do that, but also go into the conversation knowing that they do love you. They do want what's best for you, even if you're not perceiving it that way sometimes. Love it. So I need you on my podcast ASAP. (laughs) (laughs) I need to do an interview with you now. Call me up anytime. I'll be here. That's That's the whole purpose of the podcast. It's like, how did your parents sacrifice for you? What did they do? What, what was the what were some of the big things they taught you growing up? How were how were your car ride home conversations? Things like that. Yeah. It's so interesting. Know, we can learn right? so much from each other and our own journeys that that's ugh, I can't wait. I can't wait to have you on my podcast. It's happening. Absolutely. And seriously, thank you. I'll repeat it 50 times. I feel like I always repeat stuff like this, but It was so great to have you on today. So great to talk to you. And listeners, I I hope that you really picked up a lot from this because Ashley just has so much passion about this topic, but so much wisdom with her experiences and what she's doing now. And Ashley, I'm just so happy that you would take the time to do this. And I love every time we have a conversation. It's just so awesome, so life-giving. And I think a lot of things that you said are really going to help parents and athletes alike.
Don't you just love Casey? She is such a bright light in this world and it was so fun having this conversation with her. Thanks so much for tuning into it. I'm going to share all of her information in the show notes so you can follow her and her company on Instagram. Head to her website, follow her podcast because she's had some really awesome interviews on her podcast as well. And this world is getting so much bigger when it comes to softball. So thank you. Every like, share, retweet, subscription to the podcast. It truly helps our podcast grow and be able to touch more athletes and parents' lives like yours. So thank you so much for hanging out with us. And we hope to see you same time, same place next week. Bye for now. Bye.